welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on John 4. As you listen, see if you can answer some of these questions. The questions, 1. What things did Jesus want to change in his time? 2. What are some upending things Jesus brought to his times? And three, what are the two possible versions of Jesus or of Brian? And which one do you resonate with? Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, asked a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where the people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such of these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. 
She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others reap. I sent you to the reap for that which you do not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world, the gospel of the Lord. May we worship you, O God, in spirit and in truth, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brian decided to head downtown to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the inner city residents. He was a member of a medium-sized Christian church planted in the suburbs some 20 years earlier. The congregation was solidly orthodox in their theology and somewhere in the middle ground between liberal and conservative. Brian himself considered himself slightly towards the conservative end of the spectrum. It was out of a desire to share the gospel with others that he found himself this day in front of a tattoo parlor next door to a store with a sign above the door saying, Bad Boy Bail Bonds. To be honest, Brian was feeling a bit uneasy here. As he watched the comings and goings of the people, he was acutely aware of feeling out of his element as he observed all the men and women passing by, and some whose gender, quite frankly, he couldn't quite figure out. They were young and old, some black and white and Latino. Some were in slacks and sports jackets, while others wore shorts and torn jeans. Some were dressed up, while others dressed down. The attire of some was quite racy and provocative. He saw tattoos and piercings of all types and styles and colors pierced and inked onto every possible location of the human body. Brian noticed a woman walking his way with long purple braided hair. She was somewhat attractive and maybe in her early 30s. She had nose earrings and piercings and navel studs showing below her crop top a top that bore a quote from the Buddha saying, If you find no one to support you on the spiritual path, walk alone. It sounded a bit like some New Age Buddhist malarkey to Brian. He swallowed hard and tried to calm himself. 
He extended a greeting. The woman looked at him suspiciously as he stood there in his khakis, polo shirt, and neatly groomed short hair. He was clearly not from around there. Brian struck up a conversation. He had some idea of the general direction he wanted to guide the conversation. He led the talk towards the person, yes, of Jesus. The woman's name was Sylvia, and she responded to his greeting by saying how she admired Jesus and the way he cared for the poor and the outcasts. To Brian, this was a bit of a typical liberal non-Christian response. He was hoping to point out to her that Jesus was more than just a man. He was our Savior and the Son of God. Well, it didn't take long for his obvious deep lack of interest in Sylvia as a person and his own personal agenda and one-track mind to cause her to begin shutting down. The conversation was over almost before it began. She turned quickly with a brief look of frustration and almost tinge of sadness in her eyes. She walked briefly away. This story has some similarities to today's gospel reading. Jesus had grown up in many ways, much like Brian. He was an Orthodox, devout Jew. As he grew, he learned the scriptures and went with his parents three times a year to the temple for the annual religious festivals. But unlike Brian, Jesus, because of his intimate relationship with God, began to see how the Jewish law instead of freeing the people to enjoy God, had in fact imprisoned them. Some things in the system did need to change. Jesus found himself that day, like Brian, in an unfamiliar setting, among people who were of a different religion, who spoke with a different accent and different skin tone. Jesus, as a traditional Jew, could have had many reasons to feel uncomfortable there. The Samaritans worshipped on Mount Gerizim, not at the temple in Jerusalem. Their religious practices were somewhat different. Their Pentateuch, the first five books ascribed to Moses, was also different. But instead of feeling ill at ease in Samaria, Jesus was quite comfortable there because of his new spiritual perspective. You see, alongside his traditional Orthodox upbringing, there were stirrings of the Spirit of God within him, shifting and guiding his understanding in a more gracious, inclusive, compassionate, freeing direction. We see the portents of this internal shift in Jesus many years earlier through the words of the old prophet named Simeon. At that time, Jesus was still an infant, His parents had brought him to the temple to be presented to God. The prophet Simeon picked up the baby Jesus, looked into the eyes of his mother, Mary, and gave her a warning about the dark days ahead for her son. He said this, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. These were ominous words of foreboding how Jesus would one day shake up the very foundations of the nation Israel. He would even be a light to reveal God to all peoples 
of every non-Jewish nation and religion. Simeon had told how Jesus was destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. Jesus' ministry would be well known for this kind of talk about the upending of society, how the first would be last and the last would be first. He came to raise up the poor and outcasts while lowering those at the top of society with their privileges. Jesus would be sent as a sign from God that would be opposed by many. He would bring deep tectonic shifts to the very core of the Jewish religious system and their understanding of humanity and society. Although we might think that the Christian religion was destined to be the anticipated evolutionary child born from the Jewish faith, this was never Jesus' intent. His plan was never to establish a new religion, a new institutional structure. His plan was, quite frankly, far more radical and all-inclusive than that. Jesus' expectation was what was for his way of life to permeate every aspect of the social structure. We see this in today's gospel where Jesus, this good, traditional, devout Jewish man, chose to travel to the despised territory of Samaria, to that land of half-breeds and pagan rituals and blasphemy. The Message Bible tells us this, A woman of Samaria came to draw water from the well. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? You see, Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh, living water. You see, in these brief verses, how Jesus was shaking up the Jewish religious and societal system, he went to Samaria. He talked with a woman, but not just any woman, a loose woman of questionable values. He reached out to her in love to engage her in conversation there at the well by offering to give her fresh living water. Well, as the conversation continued naturally, the woman learned that Jesus was a prophet. So she asked him a question. Tell me this, our ancestors worship God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Well, because of Jesus' easy, natural way with this Samaritan woman, The conversation began to open up and shift from physical needs for water to deeper religious issues. Where do you think Jesus was going to take this conversation? How might Jesus, as the traditional Orthodox Jew, who in many ways would have been like Brian, the Orthodox Christian, have responded to this woman's question? Which is better, the Samaritan religion or the Jewish religion? Is it better to worship on Mount Gerizim or at the temple in Jerusalem? Well, the traditional Jesus would have told her that the Jewish religion was the only true religion, of course. And worshiping at the temple in Jerusalem, well, that's the only place you go for the festivals. But if Jesus would have answered this woman that way, much like how Brian responded to the pierced, tattooed woman, 
the Samaritan woman would have left dejected, without having received a drink of living water, without having her deeper spiritual needs met. But Jesus, thankfully, didn't respond to her in the traditional Jewish manner. Instead, he said to her this, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. The time is coming, it has in fact come, when what you're called, Jew or Samaritan, will not matter, and where you go to worship will not matter. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. You see, Jesus avoided getting bogged down in an intellectual or theological debate with her. That would have gotten him nowhere with this dear Samaritan child of God. Because Jesus had continued to grow and develop in his religious and spiritual understanding, he could now look beyond this Samaritan woman's religious question to her genuine, deeper question. He gently revealed to her that ultimately, it was not about which translation of the scriptures you use or which church you go to. Don't get hung up on all those differences. The real issue was about worshiping God out of your very being, your spirit, your true self before God in adoration. Now, let's return to Brian. I wonder how his interaction with that young, tattooed, pierced Buddhist woman might have been different had he allowed himself to continue to grow and deepen spiritually, to see his religion and faith in a broader, more inclusive and freeing way. He might have been able to respond to this young woman more like Jesus at the point of her true need. Let me try and play out an alternate rendition of this story. Brian loved to stretch himself intellectually and spiritually. He liked engaging with people from different ethnic and cultural backgrounds. He found some of the beliefs of other religions kind of interesting. He decided to go downtown and hang out and maybe learn something new from people who were very different from himself. Brian had grown to understand that there are many sincere truth seekers and God seekers in this world who didn't claim his Christian religion. As Brian observed Sylvia approaching him with a quote on her shirt, if you find no one to support you on the spiritual path, walk alone. He chuckled inside at her unique appearance and smiled broadly. Looking closely at her face, he saw kind eyes and a beaming smile. He wondered about her Buddhist quote, whether she just liked the phrase or if she might be a practicing Buddhist. He said to her, you don't have to walk alone. She stopped and looked at him quizzically. He smiled broadly and said, the quote on your shirt, pointing at the phrase, if you find no one to support you on the spiritual path, walk alone. You don't have to walk alone. Oh, she responded, I, I love the Buddha's words. Brian thought about that. He said, there is much beauty and truth in what the Buddha has said. Are you Buddhist? I don't think so, she replied. I do practice yoga and a little meditation. Brian said, as a follower of Jesus, I meditate as well. 
Soon they prepared to part. Brian said, I hope you have a blessed day. You too, Sylvia said as she continued up the street. Brian stood there for a minute watching her leave, offering a silent prayer of thanksgiving for this beautiful child of God and the opportunity they had to meet one another. He prayed that the light of God and transformation would continue to blossom in her life. He mentally made a note of the street corner and asked God to allow them to cross paths again someday so that they could continue their conversation. Well, there are two possible versions of Jesus. One, the traditional Orthodox practicing Jew, and the other, a mystic we read about in the Gospels, who is a radical, progressive, loving rabbi. You also heard two stories about Brian, one of him as a conservative Orthodox Christian, and the other as one who was a bit more progressive and a loving follower of Jesus Christ. Which version of Brian do you resonate with? Does either version cause you any little bit of discomfort? If so, why is that? What might God be trying to say to you today? The time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither are here at the mountain nor there in Jerusalem. May we be thirsty for fresh living water. Amen. The questions. One. What things did Jesus want to change in his time? Two. What are some upending things Jesus brought to his times? And three, what are the two possible versions of Jesus or of Brian? And which one do you resonate with? Thank you.